I have never, I'm 42 years old. I have never once ever in my life peed on a plane where I didn't pee on the floor a little bit. <laughs> Put that coffee down. That's a clown question, bro. Okay, before we get started, quick housekeeping. Uh, we got an MVP to the program today, Tony Moles over at Anthem Agency. Anthem's who handles all our artwork on Instagram and Twitter, makes our cool graphic design posts that we use. Uh, Tony's awesome. If, you, if you're a new company, maybe, maybe you came up with a company or a venture during quarantine, you're a startup. These are the people you call, okay? They're going to help you with your brand identity design. Make sure it's polished, professional, crucial in those early days. Maybe you're an established company and you need a new logo. Whatever it is, they're doing motion graphic ads, which are very cool. You can check them out on Instagram. So anyway, look them up, Anthem Agency, A-N-T-H-M Agency dot com on the World Wide Web or just at Anthem Agency on Instagram. Okay, let's get to the show. Lance, 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 uh, boy, I am happy to be here with you today. Another episode off script, Lance Zerline, Eric Layden, uh, Lance, first of all, you're playing hurt and I appreciate you being here. We had a little bit of a snafu earlier today, had a guest fall out last minute. I knew we had, I had some stuff to get off my chest cause I've been through a couple of days that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, so we needed a real talk episode which is when you and I just have some real talk. You then called me uh, with fear that you might have COVID. Uh, <laughs> I told you to rush home, uh, take an Advil, uh, have a cocktail, and get back to the station and play Hurt. And that's right. exactly what you did, and that's how we're here right now. I don't know if it's a COVID fear necessarily, but if it makes me look more heroic, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I think I mean, that's part of in your industry you want to look as as good as possible, right? Every time you want you want your you want your characters to have the best lines, you want your characters to draw the most empathy from a viewer, you want the, the you want the I would assume that you want the viewers to connect with your characters, right? Oh, so that's what you're doing here. You're trying to connect with our listeners. I don't well, you don't have to break down the fourth wall, but yeah. I mean, since we'll go off script. Yeah. I mean, it makes me more relatable if I potentially have COVID. Sure. Relatable to those who've had COVID? To those who have it and who fear having it and who are always worried and psychosomatic, you know, psycho, what is it? Psychosomatic? Is it? Or psychosymptomatic? Yeah. yeah. Well, psychosomatic might be if you think you... If, yeah. if you convinced yourself of one thing, like if you maybe had a headache yes. and all of a sudden you were like, oh my God, I feel like I'm short of breath. And I remember coughing last night. I have COVID. Yeah, you probably do based on everything that you've said. Because let me tell you, one of the things that I've been able to do as someone who reads about COVID is I have been able to stay on top of all the symptoms. And and I I don't think it's a stretch to say I can diagnose people fairly effectively I can mm -hmm. tell you what's coming. My wife now will 
will ask me questions like, hey, well, tell me about the treatments. And I'm so, okay, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. Now I got another piece of information that makes me even more dangerous on the COVID front. Well, I shouldn't say dangerous. It makes me more, um, it makes me more of an expert. Okay. This is about, there was a a study at Duke about different types of masks. Now, did you see the study? First of all, okay. Uh, I did. I did not see the study. So this study, you have basically 14 different types of masks. And of these 14 masks, they were, they were doing, you know, there were lasers used and there was a box and there was, and so they wanted to check how, how many, you know, how much, um, of the, how many of the droplets were coming out? They were measuring what the level of, the, uh, yeah, they're called droplets, right? right. Yep. Yep. So what they found was number one was a fitted N45 mask. That's professionally AN, fitted. AN95. Yeah, it's it's widely regarded as the very. Yeah, but best. I'm just saying, if you're going to be the the expert on on this podcast, I can't be the one that knows that it's called a KN95 and you call it an N45. No, N95. No, it's no, no, in- but you didn't say that. You said N45, and I said KN95, which is what it is. I don't. I'm not sure that was the case. And if it is the case, another sign that I might have COVID. Okay, continue. because brain fog. Brain fog is also. Do you, are you wearing a neck thing? One of those neck things. I like. I go between the neck gaiter. Yeah. And and my kerchief. That's awesome. I wanted to let you know that they are last places. Uh, both the gaiter and the kerchief finished in last fucking place. As a matter of fact, there is some belief that the gaiter actually finishes behind no mask because what the gaiter does is it takes large droplets and disperses them into smaller droplets making them more dangerous. There's actually more of them out there. So if it's you like just, a shotgun. <laughs> yes, or, or if you're old school and you play Nintendo, it's like spreads and Contra. It's oh, the same gotcha. thing. Yes. Yeah. It's the same thing. And having spreads and Contra is great. Having spreads and COVID Contra so COVID d- totally different. You want spreads in one, you don't want spreads in another. And so yeah, the 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 uh, bandana was mm-hmm. low. The gator was like right there at the very bottom, along with bandana. So you are basically, well, you're a fucking, you're a menace right now to society. I'm actually. At, so there are times in which I'm actually not only am I not helping, I'm actually harming. Well, okay. So I'm glad you bring this up because we in the in the COVID um, in the academia of COVID. And I'm, mm-hmm. I would consider myself in that, sure. in, in that particular genre right now, we call you a super spreader. And oh, that right. means, yeah, if you have it, if you have it, you're a super spreader okay. because we expect you to give it to many more people. We being, um, scientists, healthcare providers and academia. Okay. So well, you are kind of a guy that we are a little bit concerned of, about, honestly. Okay. Well, listen, I'm concerned about other things, uh, which we can dig into because I've had myself a week, but, um, the bandana is what I like to wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to continue to wear that. Okay. Unless- Jesse James. I like that. Yeah. Uh, you, you know- fucking robbing stage coaches with your look. No, but it's just, you know, I can color coordinate, you know, my bandana to my outfit. 
Um, you know, I can, I can, <laughs> can kind of drop it down and wear it as like a fashion neck piece and then so pick when, it up when I need it. So when Berrios came over in our last pod that we recorded, mm-hmm. I noticed mm-hmm. you had what looked like a blue kerchief or yep. maybe as a gator. I don't know. But mm-hmm. I noticed it was also tied like you had a look. Yeah. Did your boots on? You had a look. Yeah. No, I had a look. It's, um, you know, I like to... You know, if I'm going to wear a mask, I want to kind of now, by the way, I I have been rocking that pre-COVID. Remember when I used to travel when I was flying back and forth from Orlando? I was I was on a plane wearing that thing anyway. So um, but I'm not, you know, the medical masks like the N95s. I've got one in my car. I throw it on every now and again. Don't tell me that little paper thing that people wear. Don't tell me that. Is high on the list. Number two. Get out of here. Swear to God, it was number two. It is a medical that is used uh, as a medical mask. It was very high on the list. It's very, very high on the list. So the one that looks like it's not, because one of the reasons is also because you can fit it around the nose with that mm. small little wire you have. Yep, so yep. yeah, it's actually, it's actually much higher than you'd think. What if I tie my bandana real tight? <laughs> Well, I mean, real tight around what? Around the bridge? Of, I mean, that's great, but can you tie it? Re- no, it's the fabric. It's It has nothing to do with how tight you're tying it. The what fabric if, is not going to stop it. You know how you have to fold the bandana from a square into a triangle before you put it on? Yeah. What if in between the two triangles, I throw in like um, like a Tampax or a Tampad? Or, I know, guarantee you. People think you're joking, but I I actually like that idea. It would a hundred percent. And this is me as kind of a scientist because I've studied on this, uh, mm-hmm. read articles and whatnot. Yes, I do believe that you would protect others if you did that. If you wore a Tampax or any type of a maxi pad, or maybe even like I have some a- old um, filters that I use in my return. For my air condition in my house, my central air, I can mm. cut nice neat no, squares out of I it. Wouldn't, no, I wouldn't do that. Well, okay. so you're using the more expensive filters, though. I'm using the nice ones. Yeah, because yeah. the other ones feel like that could get into your lungs and potentially kill you. But coffee filters also probably would work. Yeah, any kind of filter, really. Okay. I don't think you'd breathe very effectively. And your distrust of the general public is well-known. On the, yeah. I think it's well-stated, well-known. On this podcast, you don't trust the general public and haven't for quite some time. I mean, tr- I don't know if trust is the right word. Well, you distrust the cleanliness of the general public. Well, I think that's, that's exactly the right. Okay, then it's the right word. You don't okay. trust them. This is a perfect segue then because of what happened two nights ago. And I'll tell you why. I'm blown away. And I and I think that it's happening People have been in their house for so long that they have forgotten how to act in public. <laughs> Katie and I, we, a couple nights ago, went out to a restaurant. There's a, a local restaurant we wanted to support. They obviously can't serve inside, so they've taken over the parking lot outside. A lot of places have done that. They laid down turf, you know, put some fences up and, and made it look nice out there. Tables are 10 feet apart. We go out. We have, you know, order some cocktails. And then I notice as the woman brings me my, my old fashioned and, and Katie, her margarita, 
um, that a guy and his wife, a man and his wife come sit down next to me. He's wearing just to kind of set the scene. He's wearing cargo shorts and a blue hoodie. He's in his probably late fifties, early sixties, got a dark hair with some gray in it into a, a tiny little ponytail. But what he proceeds to do is they sit down and he removes his shoes mm. and he puts Bold them move. Bold under the move. table. Yeah. yeah. So he, he places them neatly right there at the, at the foot of the table, like at the pedestal of the table. So now while I am in, listen, when somebody does something like that, you can't not see it. Like Katie was like, babe, just let's talk. Like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, no, no, no. What do you mean? It's not a big deal. Like I've now I've seen it. Now all I'm seeing are these nasty ass target tube socks while he like kind of fiddles with his big toes under the table while I'm trying to enjoy my cocktail. And what is happening? People have lost all sense of like self-awareness and how to act in public. What is happening? That is unacceptable. Yeah, it is barefoot too, right? Or was he? No, no, no. He's got white shitty socks on. Like not even printed socks. Like he's oh. wearing white shitty socks. Okay, tube socks that are so. Dirty. I I I feel like there's always levels, right? There's always. I understand where you're coming from, and yes, that is not optimal. I feel like because he's outside, he feels like it's outside rules, but it's really not. It's 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 dinner rules. No, it's now, dining. Yeah. That's what I mean. It, it, it's it's those rules, even though it's outside. And even if it were outside, see, I'm not a big. I don't want to see a man's feet ever. At no point do I ever. That's just me. I never want to see it. I was on a. I I, I was so horrified. You would have fucking lost all sense of calm if you had been sitting on the airplane that I was, oh. where a guy pulled off and yeah, he went barefoot. No. And no, started no, picking no. at his heel. No, yeah, it no, was. No, 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 you can't do it. No, that's it, when you it, say you. No, you have to say something. So that's when you so, say something. All right. So let me ask you. So let me just say this. Just I'm only play, playing devil's advocate a little bit here. He, he, it sounds like he did have a thicker sock. I'm not. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm not saying it's right. But it is better than a barefoot man sitting next to you. Bro, I don't care if you're wearing wool fucking snowboard ski socks. Keep your shoes on. Yeah, I, I agree. Your shoes on. And by the way, just because you placed them neatly under the table, that that's not okay. Okay. I mean, it, and I don't care if your name is like Saffron or fucking Karma and you, <laughs> you're a hippie and this is kind of who you are and that's your brand. Save it for home. Okay. This is, we go, at, we're, you're in public now. Now you're in public. Yeah, okay. no. Listen, I, let the record reflect. I'm on your side on this one. I just wanted to note that there there are very slight differences, just a little bit. It's equally terrible, but it would have been worse if he had bare feet. I'm just saying from my personal standpoint. Yes, yes. It would have been worse if he had bare feet. Here's the other thing that happened to me that I noticed. People have forgotten how to stand in line. And that's a problem because we're going to be in lines for a long time after this COVID thing, right? There'd be a lot of lines. Capacities are going to be limited in certain stores. People, you know, if there's not like a little sticker on the sidewalk that tells you where six feet is, people are up in your shit. And I don't understand why. 
Why do you have to be right on me? Like Here's, if I move forward, just it's cool, dude. Hang back. You don't. You're have, not don't going wanna, anywhere. Yeah, you're no. still behind me. You're still behind me. You're not going to get there any faster if you crowd up on me. No, I mean, I was at Best Buy trying to roll into Best Buy, return something, and the guy behind me just keeps moving forward. And I turn around and I give him a look, and he notices my look, and then I move forward and he follows me. Now, it doesn't matter if you're six inches behind me or six feet. You're next, dude. You're next. You don't have to be up in my asshole to prove that you're next, right? I don't want to know what you had for lunch. I don't want to smell you. I just, you're next. So stay back. And this is a, a, a problem right now because we're going to be in lines for a long time in the near future. And I fear that people have forgotten how to stand in line. That's really scary if you don't know how to stand in line. I think those of us who have, who have made sports our life, who have either played sports or watched sports forever, we have a better sense of distance, right? We have 15 feet as a basketball free throw, 60 feet, six inches. We know what it looks like. Yeah. Because that's a pitcher's mound. We know that if you need two yards, if it's fourth and two, that's fourth and six feet. I know exactly how far six feet is. It's two yards. I know exactly how long the steps are because I've played sports in my yard or whatever. And so I had to learn how to take a step that was a certain amount of length to equal one yard because I wanted to get, you know, 10 yards. I needed to know where 10 yards were for street football. I have this sense, and I'm not the only one, lots of us do. We have a sense of how far feet – like I'm much better in yards than feet, I'll be honest with you, because once you get past 15 feet, which is a free throw, then if you tell me, well, we were uh, 80 feet away. Fuck, 80 feet. 80 feet. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's about uh, 26 yards. Yeah, 26 yards. I can I can envision 20, 26 yards. That's right. not a problem. But what I'm saying is for those of us in sports, six feet, that's easy. Six feet is a little bit shorter than what I am. Six feet is going to be two giant steps. I know exactly if you're five feet away from me too. Yeah. And I'm I'm okay if you're at five feet. Just know your role and don't and and don't push it. But don't why do it. some people not understand spatial awareness? I don't like that's something that's the same reason my mind. It's the same reason fucking Russell Westbrook turns it over seven times a fucking game. He doesn't understand spatial awareness. Some people don't get it. They either have it or they don't. Magic Johnson was the greatest. John Stockton. These are guys who had amazing spatial awareness. If they, in COVID times, I guarantee you, if right now that you're in Oregon or Utah or wherever it is that John Stockton lives, I can name four states. I'm almost positive I'll nail one of them. Okay. If I, if I do Washington, okay, Washington in the Pacific Northwest is where Gonzaga was. I, I, I don't think these are reaches. I guarantee you John Stockton knows how far six feet away is. I guarantee with his spatial relationship, John Stockton at all times as he's in a grocery store and things are moving around him and people are moving back and forth down the aisles, in his mind, he's got an instinctive feel for six feet and he's always able to move. And if he knows it, that he's got to go across somebody inside of six feet, 
He, he quickens the pace, so he gets by them very quickly. He closes his eyes, he closes his mouth, and he moves very quickly. John Stockton knows Russell Westbrook will run right the fuck into people at a grocery store. He'll like, hey, do you know where the potato t-? And he's fucking breathing all up in your shit. He's probably got the same type of bandana and neck gaiter that you have that's spraying droplets all over the place. I can't trust what Russell Westbrook in, in a grocery store. I can't trust him. But I can't trust John Stockton and Magic Johnson because I know that they know where they are at all times. I know that they have great spatial relationship. I know that they have a feel. James Harden will just get careless from time to time. That's how he rolls. Right. I noticed what you did there, by the way. I noticed that you made sure you put Magic Johnson with John Stockton. I know you thought it was a racial thing. The African-Americans didn't understand and the white guys did. And I, and so I, I, I saw what you did there and I thought it was a savvy move. Okay. I know you would, but I want you to rewind this when you go back to your second listen and hear that magic was in there the first time. Magic was actually the first guy I referenced. John Stockton was actually the second guy I referenced. But then I came back to magic because he is to me the guy that I am like, I loved watching magic make passes Stockton. I hated as a rocket fan, but I respected him because he had great vision. But I also understood that you would potentially think that I was bringing, calling magic back just in case anyone wanted to say, wait a minute now. Hmm. Right. Russell Westbrook was used for this. Russell Westbrook just plays dumb basketball sometime. There's a reason I call him crazy Russell because he does crazy shit. And that's just the truth. I feel like Lonzo Ball actually would have a good sense of awareness in a in a in a grocery store as well. I think he has he he sees the field well. I think he sees six feet well. I think he would be a respectful person in line behind you at um, Best Buy. Yeah, at Best Buy. I feel okay, like well, Lonzo Ball would stay six feet away. Okay. Well, yesterday I had a Russell Westbrook. Okay, that's who I had behind me at line. Just there's so a we, lot of them in society. We, there's a lot of them in society, and that's who I had. Um, okay, now that I got that off my chest, but I really I feel like people who are listening to this podcast, if you have not been out of the house, reacclimate yourself carefully. Make sure you're following proper etiquette. Okay, don't take your shoes off at a restaurant like the plane. Forget about, dude. That was the worst. Do that. I mean, if you're on a plane for if if your plane ride is less than six hours, keep your fucking shoes on. Okay, yeah. now wait a minute. Now six hours or hold less, on, keep hold your shoes on. on. Let's let's talk about this for a second. Okay, if you're wearing socks, yes. If you cross your legs and now it's up in the general public's face, that's a fucking problem. But if I've got one of those sweet blue blankets that they give you, and I say, well, actually, I I carry mine. So if I ever want to bust it out. I can just bust it out, right? If I want to take the shoes off and put the blankets over the blanket over the feet, all bets are off. I, but okay, it's never always socks. I, you know always yeah. socks. Always socks. If you're going to cover it, that's fine. I don't want to see your socks. And I definitely, right. definitely, under no circumstance are you allowed to lift that foot up and do like a cross leg thing where you rest yeah. it on your knee. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah, that's there are that people that literally walk to the bathroom in a bath in, in a plane with socks on. Like you see people standing in line to go into the airplane bathroom with socks on. I have never, I'm 42 years old. I have never once ever in my life peed on a plane where I didn't pee on the floor a little bit. 
So if you're walking into a plain bathroom without shoes on, just know that I'm not the only one. I saw that for the first time. I saw a guy in sock walk into bathroom and I <laughs> I just thought, what a ballsy, ballsy move to trust everybody that I've seen going to this bathroom. You are trusting that they have all been accurate. There has been no potential post dribble issues. There have been no I've never been accurate in my life. Never been accurate in my life in a bath. It's moving. It's tiny. You got no space. I mean, it's an <laughs> absolute mess. Yeah, it's a mess, dude. I just oh, I could go on and on with my pet peeves about people and their and their lack of of aware. Oh, I got another one. I got yeah. another one. This happened the other day. Speakerphone lady. Don't talk on your speakerphone. Oh my God. What okay? is it with speakerphone? Why are speakerphone people like that? Why? It used to be everyone wanted to flex with their earpiece because they wanted to yeah. show you how important they were with their earpiece. Now it's like the exact opposite. They just say, you know what? My conversation is important enough that I need to put this on speakerphone so that I have my own little – and it's not even hands-free. It's not even hands-free. No, no, no. Get you're your, holding it. I, I don't understand it. I don't Dude, understand speakerphone. the speakerphone in the public. No, no, no. I, there are like limited times when speakerphone is okay. If you're doing the dishes, if you're at home, maybe you're, 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 you're washing your hands, maybe you're at your desk. But outside of that, like don't use speakerphone and don't use it in public. I don't even care what you're saying. I don't even want to hear what you're saying, but I certainly don't want to hear the other end of the conversation. I had a guy the other day. I've got a green light. I'm driving down the road. I'm driving down Richmond towards my house. The light's green. It's been green. And I just see a guy crossing, crossing the fucking road. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to hit this guy. So I have to jam on the brakes and I start honking at him. He starts throwing attitude at me like, I don't even know what he's saying. And I point to the the light and he's, you know, and I'm driving by him. I'm like pointing the light and he's like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm thinking, and, and I've seen this. I've noticed this trend for about three or four years now. There are people who don't fucking care about the rules at all, who really yep. don't care. They don't right. care. If the light is green, they don't care. They're going to walk yep. right through across yep. anyway. They it's don't care. World, yeah, they don't care as drivers. They don't care walking across the street. They got their – they could take their shoes off at restaurants. Mm -hmm. They are barefoot on a plane. They walk into toilets with socks on. It's just – Well, that's on them. That's on them. That I can – you know, if you're going to walk into a toilet with a sock on, that's fine. The other stuff, though, come on. Well, the the speakerphone thing, the speakerphone thing's huge. It, it is a, it is a big pet peeve, and it's, it's a something lack of decency, Lance. Yes, and that's what I have yes. a problem with. You know, it's a lack of decency. Like I just recognize that there are other people around you that are living their life, and they might not want to see those socks. At what do you do? Eating their eighteen dollar pasta. You know, I don't want to see your socks, dude. What do you do that might be considered indecent in public? Can you do? be? Can you be self aware enough to recognize something that other people um, might not like? Has Katie ever caught you and said, "You know, that's not right"? Like, uh, well, I I'm loud. I do have a loud voice. So sometimes like Katie will, Katie will tell me, dude, you're like, you got to bring it down a notch. Right. But, I, and a lot of that is like totally, I don't even recognize it. Sometimes I just get loud and emotional and, and then, but we'll be inside and like a five-year-old, she'll be like, you got to 
put on your inside voice, right? Talk um, in a movie also, theater? Talk in a movie theater? No, no, never. No, you text, know that. Text in a movie theater? Never. Okay, good. Never. You know that. We've we've gone down that road. No opening candies at a movie theater. No, that's no, right. No. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, no, no. I open my Milk Duds pre-movie. They're sitting in the cup holder to my right. My cup is in, my drink is in the cup holder to the left, and my popcorn's in my lap. And so everything is already pre-opened. Yeah, um, that's not going to happen. Okay. I, I do do one thing. Now, it's it's usually on runs, and uh, not that that's ex- I, that doesn't excuse it, but it is something that's that's pretty disgusting. And I and I sometimes on runs because I have nothing on me, I'll do like a like a little like snot rocket like on my run. I knew that was like coming. a little Tex- Texas Kleenex, you know. Yeah, that's bad. I shouldn't do that. I mean, if no one's around, it's fine. It, you're not. It's not like you're letting a dog shit in somebody's yard and walk off. A snot rocket on the on the run. As long as you're not around other people, I mean, you know, whatever. Do you, now. I do this. Some some of these things are rites of passage, but let me ask you about this with your family. Do you bring to go okay. food home to your family? Ever? Wait. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you pick up food and you bring it home. Wait, I, I don't understand the question. Do you mean, do I go out and get food we've ordered for the family? Or if I'm at a restaurant yeah. alone, do I bring no, it no, no. to the No, no, no. Do you say, okay, especially during the pandemic, but at any time. Like, I'll go pick get up, it. Yes, pick up food to go, pick it up, and you bring it home yes, and you go. Of and you get, of okay, course. of course. Do you ever, and I'm going to say your answer is no here, but do you ever sample, do you ever sample anything before getting to the house. Okay. There is zero chance that I'm not eating at least five French fries. If I'm bringing my kids burgers and stuff home, hundred like percent. but, but, but see that's tax. Like that's yes. tax for me going to get it. That's a dad tax. That's dad tax. If I go pick them up a pizza, Zero chance they're getting a whole pizza. There will be at minimum one or two bites out of hold at least on. one piece. Hold on. Zero wait, chance. wait. You take one or two bites out of a piece in the car? Or yeah, or on the walk home. Yeah. But then you but then you put it back in and you you don't you eat the whole pizza, right? The whole piece. No, because there's oftentimes I think part of the reason I Jesus like it so much. Christ. Is, you you put it back a, in? Yeah, because I kind of want my kids to be like, what happened? And then I do the dad joke where I'm like, man, I can't believe they do something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, your kids yeah. are at the age where you can still get it. Yeah. You have to do that for as That's long as you can. Right. So my dad taught me about dad tax. Um, I mean, I learned the hard way. We would go into Dairy Queen. Uh, we would mm. go into town from Congrove. We go to Dairy Queen. We get You kids want to go get milkshakes? Yeah. Blizzard? Yeah. So we go. Well, what we didn't realize at that time is it was my dad. I understand it now as a dad now of several children. I understand what he was and somebody who loves sweets. I, I know exactly what he was doing. He wanted one. Mm-hmm. But he wanted all of one. So what right. he would do is I'm going to get you guys milkshakes. What he would then do is all three of you milkshakes. Lance, what do you want? Chocolate. Mike, what do you want? Chocolate. Nikki, what do you want? Vanilla. Good. No problem. Ordered it at Dairy Queen. And when they got him, he'd go like this. The very first one, the straw, and it seemed like an eternity. It's, <laughs> I mean, just yeah. fuck, total Daniel Plainview on our milkshakes. Yep. Bang. Tax. Here's yours. 
here and then here's Mike's turn. <laughs> Mike, my, so I'm the oldest. I get mine first. It's got the dad tax out of it. My brother has this saddest look on his face because he knows my dad is about to drink his milkshake. <sighs> I drink it up. So it goes to Mike, and then my sister gets hers, but she was the youngest. So she might or might not get – actually, he probably hit her tax even harder. But once you've got hit, you don't pay attention to other people. You're like, holy shit. Hey, I got to flip the straw upside down because right. I, I, you know, I, I can't do this. I got to flip the straw upside down. But I, I remembered that when I remembered when I'm a dad, I'm going to take dad tax too. And then what I came to realize is that I think it is something that's just inside of our beings as dads that mm-hmm. – we provide certain things for mm-hmm. our family or, or certainly for our children. Moms don't moms are better people than we are. Moms, yes. or maybe they're not pragmatic. We I want my kids to learn that tax is a real thing. Tax is yep. necessary, but tax is going to hit you and it's gonna hurt a little bit. I'd rather it hurt you earlier to where mm-hmm. you understand the expectations of tax coming out of your paycheck. And let me tell you what it feels like right up front with this milkshake or with this blizzard or with this pizza or with this hamburger, with these French fries. Mm -hmm. Usually not a burger, but I have done burgers before, always with French fries. Are you kidding? Always. Always. Always with French fries. I I, I think you're right, though. I never really thought of it as a teaching aspect. And I think now that I have – I live in California, so I think now I'm going to take half the pizza. Yes. Or you half a to. burger. Yeah. I yeah, try to be I mean, reasonable with my tax bracket well, on them. Listen, you're Texas. You don't have state tax. I have state in California and federal and the highest state tax in the country. So maybe what I'm going to do is really start to tax them for purposes of learning. And I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. I like but that a lot. It's a life lesson. I mean, it's a life lesson. And it hurts. It hurts every kid. I see the pain on their face when I'm doing it, but also I'm making them tougher. And I also know that I'm making, I'm giving them a a better chance of succeeding in life Mm -hmm. when they realize, hey, you know, ooh, look at this. Look how many areas this money's coming out of my paycheck. It's kind of like when my dad crushed three, took that gigantic bite of my burger. Yeah, it is. It's a lot like that. So I figured you would also be that kind of person. But see, my wife, she doesn't take mom tax. She doesn't do that. She's a. Oh, Katie does. I'm not going to say she's a good person. Oh, Katie does. Oh, Katie's a. Ta- Katie has, takes a way high. She's in a higher tax bracket than I am. Really? Yeah. Katie's Uncle Sam times three. She will take some tax, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because Katie's kind of like your dad in the sense where she's like, you want some toast with some jam on it? Cool. Because that's what she wants. I would never make toast with jam for myself, but I'll definitely take, I'll definitely take some of yours. Katie's other main move is when she cuts the crust off their bread or sandwiches, instead of throwing the crust away, eat the crust. But that's not a tax. That's just smart. Yeah, that's not a tax. The kids didn't want the crust, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's just – let me ask you, are you aware of your wife listening to the podcast when you do our podcast? Because I'm even though my wife listens to about 20 podcasts and we're right now about 14th on her priority list, she eventually mm-hmm. gets to every podcast and then she'll right. tell me, you were wrong about this. You're wrong about this. This wasn't accurate. And they're right. mostly accurate and I'm mostly right. But right. I – 
I am aware. I just don't care. Now, I've been married to her for almost 20 years. She was a radio right. listener when she met me. She right. knows that our personal shit is going to get on the air. I was told something that I couldn't say on podcast, so I can't say it now. I right. can't say this on a podcast. But I am aware that she listens, but it doesn't change any of the podcast for me. Are you no. aware that your wife is listening when you do the podcast? And does no. she listen all the time? No. I mean, she'll listen to it, but no, she, she, I'm not, a, I mean, I don't hold back on anything I'd say about my wife. I mean, I wouldn't say anything on a podcast that I wouldn't say to, to you. I mean, I, I, I maintain a level of privacy within my relationship, but no matter if I'm on a podcast or if I'm talking to you when y'all are in my backyard or we're, you know, on a, on a double date. So like, but no, there's, so there's no difference there, you know, like there's not, I'm not holding back in any regards there. I'm, I'm pretty open and honest in that. In that who's regard. a, okay. Who's a better person, you or your wife? Oh my gosh. My wife, like far. I'm be- I'm a better person than my wife. Yeah, no, my wife is by far a better person than I am. I'm going to rank me a nine and her a seven and a half. I mean, nine. like, is she mean to people? Is that what you mean? Like she's, uh, she's not mean. I just think I'm that good. And this is not a shot at her. It's more about me being honest about myself right. and uplifting okay. myself. Yeah. Oh, very well. Okay. Well, that's good. I, I feel like high self-esteem is important. Certainly, uh, August of 2020. So I think that's and, right. And honesty, but yeah, I would say I am borderline a much better person. Now, yeah, uh, I think that's fair. Now she yeah, does no, things I'm like not. she'll she'll go to you know, fishes and loaves and work feed homeless and do stuff right. like that. Like, you know, real showy look at me type stuff. Right. The things I do are more like um well, I make people laugh on the radio, which right. is huge. Which is like laughter is the best medicine. I right. keep up Provide with COVID. Entertainment. Absolutely. I keep up with COVID stuff and I pass right. along COVID information, right. um, which is important in this day and age. Um, right. I do NFL draft evaluations sure. and, and that takes a long time and, and millions of people read these. So mm-hmm. where else are they going to get it from except me? Um, You're kind of like the Fauci of the NFL draft. Yeah, in a way. In a way, sometime I'll wrestle with my kids and play with my kids and do, you know, the, the fun uh, stuff. Like might be old for wrestling. I think you might want to hold off on that. Your kids are getting to an age where that's not a problem. Well, actually, I don't, I don't wrestle. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't wrestle so much as like me and Snacks will will fight. He's Snacks is my my twelve year old has really become obsessed with wrestling. I caught him. In a like WWE wrestling, yes, like, like Iowa, college, like University of Iowa, no, like jumping off of things and potentially hurting people badly type stuff. Oh, fantastic. I caught him pretending doing some wrestling. He was dressed up and had his younger sister out there, and he was showing her how he was going to choke slam her. I really had to jump in and and shut that down. Another positive, I think, in my you know in sure. my category, I kept that from happening, mm-hmm. but um. My wife does a lot of great things. I just am, uh, 2020 is about being, it's kind of me time. I got you. And, uh, yeah. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about a lot of the things that I'm doing tomorrow. We're going to feed 60 homeless people. That was my doing. Was it my wife's? No, it was me. Thank you. I give myself a plus five bonus. Um, 
just to put everything in, in context, today when I called Lance at around noon, mm-hmm. he said, I, I said, what's up, man? And he said, <clears throat> oh, dude, I'm just like, I'm super busy right now, just getting a lot of things done. And I was like, oh, right on. He was like, I'm just being really productive. I was like, oh, cool. I was like, sorry, I won't take any of your time. He's like, no, it's fine. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, uh, well, I just cleaned a Tupperware that I ate lunch in. <laughs> yeah, and I and, actually and, told and you at the, the way, time. That was, about, that was about three hours after your show. So that's about what yeah. you accomplished today. I, I was honest at that point. I told you, you know, in reality, I really haven't done anything. And there are times my wife says, what are you doing? What are you getting done? Are you getting lots of stuff done? Yeah, absolutely. And I may have watched a, I may at this particular time, I may have watched an episode of zero, zero, zero. Um, like you said, I was cleaning up my floor because I'd gotten food on it in the, but I'm busy. Like, it seems like I'm busy. Right. But yeah, when I was honest, when you asked, so you were like, yeah, I'm just got a busy day. I've, uh, actually I'm just cleaning Tupperware right now. I got some water on the ground. That's really, that's all I've done other than eat food and read the internet. And I really, I was on Twitter for a while. Really didn't do a lot today. I really didn't. I got to tell you, there's something glorious. Yeah. There's, there's something glorious about that. I drove to LA to, to record this podcast, um, with you. Uh, and so I have a night alone and I ordered a pizza and I drank a beer and, and began Donnie Brasco and I paused it so that we could do this podcast and I'm going to go in and finish it. And I got to say, it's pretty excellent. It's, it's a, it's a real nice night. I mean, there's nobody (laughs) at home Yeah, and those nights are few and far between. Also, we got to get you a cough button. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you get your cough button. I don't think hey. people are really the, the the sinus issues you've got going on right now mm. uh, are are going to hamper our sound, but that's okay. Cough button. Uh, if I'm coughing, that's also a sign of something. But I don't want to talk go. about it. But so Donnie Brasco is a. I'll never forget watching Donnie Brasco. We got there late. We're not late. We got there as a movie is starting, and I was on the uh, second row. What an unpleasant experience that is being that Ooh. close to a movie theater. I mean, yes. that close to a screen. It is unbelievably terrible. And I hate going to I hate going to movies where people are there. Tuesday at one o'clock is amazing to me to go see a movie. Friday or Saturday sucks. This was a Sunday. It was awful. But let me ask you, how does Donnie Brasco hold how far in are you? Um oh I'm I'm 30 minutes in. This is I'm prime time. He just he just went to Pacino's house and Pacino, you know, for Christmas and Pacino told him he's he had the conversation with Sonny and that he's protected. Uh so I'm like right at the beginning. I can't wait. I actually am looking forward to ending this podcast so that I can go finish it. So when you when you watch movies, I'm curious. You know, it's funny because when chefs and I know enough of them and I've asked this question enough to know when they leave from making amazing food or being responsible for menus or whatever the case may be. Cause a lot of chefs don't actually do the cooking at some point. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, right. They don't, but when they go home, it's not awesome what they make. They're just like we are. I mean, yeah. Spaghetti. They, it's, it's not anything outrageous. When you watch movies, when you watch TV shows, do you get into actor mode? Like, are you watching the craft? Or are you just paying attention? Like when I watch football, right? I, 
I don't really pay attention. I'm watching the ball. I'm watching the plays. I'm not really watching the intricacies of the game most of the time. Now, when I'm doing draft stuff, I watch it differently. But when I'm watching games, I don't really watch it like that. What do you do as an actor? Because I would imagine you are watching the craft. It's really hard for me to watch a movie and not either uh, appreciate a comment on the the acting. I just like, you know, I watch scenes now. I'm not like watching for it, but after like great scenes, sometimes I'll rewind it uh, and rewatch that scene again. Um, Yeah, it's really hard for me to watch shows and not look at performance from like an analytical point of view. Bad performances will stand out way worse. A lot of times if I'm watching something and it's a bad performance, I'm like really thrown off by it. But it's hard for me. Yeah. I, but I, but, but it doesn't, I, that's not a bad thing. Like it doesn't keep me from enjoying film. What's a bad, give, give us a bad performance. But sometimes I, I do watch and my wife will, I will have missed things, plot things because I might've been watching performance things, but that's just, I love it. I just really like it and I love it. So I'll see things they did. Sometimes I'll even find myself mimicking it or being like, Ooh, that was kind of a cool little moment they did. I wonder how they got that. Or, um, that was a neat choice of him, you know, the way he did that or, you know, how still he was in that scene or that he chose to, you know, um, the way he chose to use that object in that scene. Um, and a lot of times because I'm watching that, I'll miss certain plot points. Uh, uh, people will talk about movies in a, in, in a detail that I'm like, wow, I did not even see all that detail. Um, because I think I focus in on, on, on the acting. I do love to watch actors. You know, one of the things I really respect is how actors are able. And I, I know this from doing television where the most, when I started doing television, the most, and I did some locally at Houston for like over the last decade or whatever, maybe even more. But then when I started doing NFL network, the, the most uncomfortable thing for everybody is what do you do with your hands when you're not talking? And I, and I do a lot of talking with my hands, but when you're, when you're not the focus of attention, how are you behaving? And I always like to watch that with actors. I like to see how people are responding when they're watching someone else talk in the scene. Like, and, and I liked, and then what I'll do is I'll watch other people in real life who are watching someone talk and see what it looks like in real life. So I can try to compare it um, in a scene. I want you to talk about that for a second, because what's it like? What's it like to be? Off, I don't know what the phrase is for it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it off camera, but you're not the focal point, but you're still in the shot. How do you stay natural? Is that something you have to work on staying natural or do you understand what I'm saying? How are you engaged yeah. in the scene? That's acting, too. Absolutely. Well, I would say that's the hardest part of acting, but engaged is the word. That's the key word. It's not natural. It's engaged. How do you stay engaged? And so often as actors, we will be in scenes where it's not about us, where we're not doing the heavy lifting. Um, it's, it's easier to go into a scene where it's two people and you're one of the two people having a dialogue at a table. But if you're the third person at the table and you don't have a lot to do, especially as a actor who's you know maybe usually has a lot to do 
it's it is important to stay engaged. Those are the scenes that it's really easy between camera angles to go back to your chair, to pop on your phone, to take yourself out of out of the scene and and so you know, those are the ones that you really have to work hard to maintain um a level of engagement. Now, that being said, when you're watching on a TV or film, you say you like to watch those people, the camera's not editing is never going to go to them unless it's a shot in which they look engaged because it's a storytelling, right? It's the editor's trying to help the audience, uh, help tell the story to the audience. So um, there's a lot of times where those actors are totally spaced out, but you never see it because, right. because the, you know, the editor's never going to cut to them. Well, a lot of times on stage too, like when I've seen stage musicals, when I've seen plays. Place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Stage is a great place to watch that. But yeah, man, I mean, those are difficult times. There'll be times where you'd be super spaced out. I did an episode of ER one time and, uh, we were in bed. Uh, I was, a, uh, it was a double episode. I had my leg blown off by an IED military sh- go, sh- you know, shocking. And I was sitting in bed and there was, and one of the other guest stars for the episode was in the bed next to me. And it's a scene with a bunch of doctors. And then as the doctors kind of walk by our beds, he says a line, he kind of like, it's a walk and talk for the doctors. It's all about the doctors. And they walk past our beds. We've been in the background, but as they walk past, we're in the foreground. And the guy next to me, who's a guest star shouts out something like, Hey doc, like how much longer till I get out of here or something like that. And so the, the doctors and nurses do their scene and they walk by and the guest star, whoever it was next to me, the actor next to me didn't say anything. And I look over homeboy is dead asleep. Just dead asleep in his bed. <laughs> they, they had to bring a PA over, wake him up. Hey, dude, we're in the middle of shooting here. You can say your line. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Just, oh, my God. Just dead asleep. Dead asleep. Yeah. No Wiley and whoever was look over. They're like, seriously? Well, uh, but he so- could have had a lot of methadone or he could have had a lot of uh, some type of painkiller that he was being injected with because of an injury he had. I mean, his character uh, could have. Sure, sure. Yeah, maybe he was in character. He fell asleep. Yeah, possibly. Um, you know, just to just to bring it back to that from a football standpoint to what you're talking about, we do the same thing. One of the best ways to get a feel for a player is watching him. And I'm talking football right now. What are they doing when it's away from the play? When you're mm-hmm. on the backside of a play – are you mm-hmm. busting? So when I'm watching tape, and, and I got this from scouts who told me to do this, and coaches, watch a guy when he's not by the play. How hard does he play when he's on the backside and probably not going to make the play? That mm-hmm. tells you about who he is. And so one of the best ways to figure out who a player is, his football character, is mm-hmm. what he's doing when he's not – is he engaged, the same word, is he engaged when he's not in the shot, so to speak? Is he engaged? Is he staying engaged? Is he playing hard? Is he being aggressive? I'll, I'll watch and see how a how receiver wide, during a run play. I'll love watching how a receiver reacts when a cornerback kind of tries to punk him at the end of the play and like shove him. I want to see how the re- receiver and many times and sometimes it's the other way around where receivers will shove corners. I like when the corners get back in their ass a little bit and say and sometimes, you know, it's a long game. So a wide receiver shoves you, the corner doesn't give a shit, like whatever. But but at some point you want to say you want to see them say, no, we're not 
we're not going to keep taking liberties like that. So watching players away from the action many times is, is their actions away from the action and their engagement level tells you a lot about who they are. And that's, that's an entire separate kind of subset that you look for is what kind of guy are they when they don't think the camera's on them? Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, it's like, how much of a team player are you, you know, and how, how dedicated are you right now that you can come to who a are scene you? and who be are professional? You? That's right. Who are you? Right. Um, speaking of football, dude, uh, the last two days, it is looking like college football is not going to happen. I mean, SEC and Big 12 apparently are playing, but Pac-12, Big 10 are not. Um, I have, I mean... I've got kind of mixed feelings on on all of it. I, uh, but you're the you're the football expert here. I mean, what are your feelings on this? And I mean, do you think that they should play? Do you think they should move to the spring? Do you think they should make the season a wash? What, what are your feelings on it? And I know so, you've got your job at stake. Well, it's it's a very complicated issue because. Yeah. And you have to be able to to discuss it with nuance and not be emotional. And you have to discuss the different levels. And some things are mutually exclusive. Some things are inclusive. So there's a lot there's a lot to get to. Let me first just lay it out for people as we tape this. The ACC, the SEC, and the Big Twelve are going to go. That's what they're as saying now. They're going to play football as of today. Yes. Now today. Pitt and Syracuse, their players did not practice because they're not happy with the testing standards. And we heard Florida State players come out and say they weren't happy about their testing standards. The first thing that must happen to play is players must feel comfortable with the amount of times they're being tested. In other words, as much as possible. And the second thing is the universities really shouldn't be called on that. They should be doing that already. It's expensive. Yes. These universities that play are going to go into a hole this year. That's just the way it is. They're not going to have people in the stands. If they do, it's not going to be many. And this testing and the protocol for for cleanliness and everything that COVID is going to require of them is going to put them in the hole financially. It's what they have to live with. It is if they are able to get through that, the money that they will then make in return from TV deals uh, is going to help to keep other programs alive like men's and women's soccer, women's softball, men's volleyball, the fencing team, the rowing team. They at least have a chance to survive. If, they, if the colleges don't make that money, many of those programs – we saw Stanford has already preemptively eliminated 11 athletic programs, and they did that like – six to eight weeks ago. Well, now that the PAC 12 has decided they're not playing more of the PAC 12 and big 10 universities, um, they could end up losing some of their sports. The, the PAC 12, I talked to Jeff Schwartz, who is on the West coast. He played football for the Kansas city chiefs. He played for Oregon, um, like the Minnesota Vikings, New York giants. And Jeff basically said he didn't think that he never thought they were going to go. He didn't think the Pac-12, they they didn't have things together enough to be able to go. Now, I also think that the Pac-12 and Big Ten probably called it a little early. They did they really didn't have to. They were kind of pushing the season back a little bit. They could have waited for another two weeks, maybe even three weeks. You get the sense maybe they didn't want to pay the money for the testing 
or, or I don't know. I don't know why they called it this early. They could have waited another two or three weeks and seen how things were going before they decided to call it, but they called it now. Um, if, if you don't play, there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure financially on, on a ton of institutions, and it's really going to hurt the group of five universities more than the power five, but it's going to hurt everyone. There's no getting around it. But Lance, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, if you play in the spring, which I'd be fine with playing in the spring, although the only way you have success playing in the spring is if the vaccine is effective. If it's, if it's ineffective, you face the same issues playing in the spring. Here's the issues you have, Eric. You have issues with, um, in certain areas of the country, it's bitterly cold. So you have to work around that. But there's not enough universities. I don't like that idea that, well, you can't start spring football in February. Actually, you can. Wisconsin just starts on the road. They, they play road games for two or three. And you know what? If it's 38 degrees, 40 degrees, that's not the end of the world for guys who play in Wisconsin. And they that can also go to be the factor. Weather can no, be the factor there. No. In Minnesota, I mean, they, could, they could go play in a dome with the Vikings. Like you could find a place to play. The second thing is you have to cut the games back. Jeff Brom, the head coach at Purdue, did a great job of laying out a plan today where he said, we don't play 10 games this year. We play eight games. And next year, the fall, because the concern is going back-to-back spring football into fall football, you only play 10 games. So this is going to have an impact on 2020, and it's going to have an impact on 2021. I think you can potentially play football in the fall, but – uh, theoretically, you definitely could play football in the fall. But what it takes is money for all of the protocols that must be followed. And then, and this is the reason why it's probably doomed to fail, quite frankly, is you just simply can't trust 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds. At the end of the day, we can't even trust professional baseball players not to screw up and bring COVID in because they can't stop themselves. A wide risk, a cornerback for Seattle. Did you see that today? A yeah, cornerback tried to Seattle sneak a girl in. try to sneak a girl in. Colleges, you think you're going to stop college players from doing things There's they're no not way. supposed to do? There's no way. But what you say, and again, you're right. This is, it's a crisis, dude. It sucks. It sucks for everybody. It sucks for every industry. It sucks for everybody. You know, and there's no right answer. Every answer, every solution has its problem. It is Mm -hmm. extremely nuanced. But when you say things like, well, you got to do it because if we don't do it, we're going to lose women's and men's soccer and rowing and volleyball. But so basically what you're telling the football players is that all of it rests on their shoulders. And every decision we make, we're not making it. We're not making this decision based on safety or based on your health. We are making this decision based on money. And that is the bottom line. Like, let's, So let's get that out on the table. Because if baseball is going through what they're going through, there are three times as many people on a college football team. They're tackling each other, so they are in each other's grill. There is no social distance on a football field. You are right up face mask to face mask to face mask with you know, with the person you're playing against. And if you think my bandana wasn't good, their face mask sure as shit ain't good. So, um, you know, I just think it's irresponsible to basically say to these kids, you know, you have to take the risk for the rest of the university. You have to take the risk so that everybody else in the university can survive. 
Um, and I understand why they would want to do it. And I understand why certain student athletes feel like they need to do it for their future. But to me, you know, you have to, you have to allow schools to have more scholarships because, and, and more roster spots, you, you extend eligibility by another year. So anybody that was this is going to be their last year. You extend that eligibility. You allow the roster to get bigger. I like the idea what Bomb put forward for like an eight game and a 10 game. I think that's smart. I think that's good. Of course, it has its challenges. People are talking about how the stars are going to leave. Trevor Lawrence isn't going to play. And all these guys who you know are going to try to get into the draft aren't going to play. Well, that's fine. It's still football. Football gets eyes. Like, yes, people watch Clemson because Trevor Lawrence is excited. But newsflash, people watch Clemson because Clemson's good. Like, Mm -hmm. people are going to watch football. Certainly, if it's been off a whole year. It's not going to be because of Trevor Lawrence or, you know, your stars are the only reason people are watching. I think it'd be interesting to watch football in the spring. Um, I think the weather would be incredible in certain areas where it's – it's very, very hot here. Now, the Big 12, I think, is going to try to go. Let me just cl- clean a couple of things up. The financial thing is what it is. But it's not like I'm advocating that they have to play. And there are universities who can just take the hit, and there are some that have secured loans so that they won't have to cut some of these programs. Um, the financial reality is just it is just a reality. It's just math. There's really yeah. no way around it. There's there's a very serious financial component that uh, the piper is going to have to be paid. It's the same way people were acting like, you know, financially, how it was going in, in, in March and April for COVID was the way it would always be, whatever. The reality is it, it's going to get much worse for many restaurants and service industry. You're going to see many, many more closures as we go along. Some are just dead restaurants walking. You don't know it yet. But they simply can't make their margins. It's impossible. And we'll talk, we'll talk on a podcast soon to a chef about some of that. But they're not going to be out yet, but they will be in three sure. to four months. And that's just how it's going to be. Uh, the same thing may happen here. But your, your point is well taken. And it's not one that I, that I, that I don't know. I'm not, really, I'm not really in favor of it being played or not being played. Um, I joke about some of the COVID stuff. About, I do keep up with it. But the fact is, I'm learning things all the time. Universities are learning things. The thing that is scaring people right now is the myocarditis, which is the heart inflammation. It, it caused Eduardo Rodriguez, the pitcher from the Red Sox, to shut it down. He had it after COVID. People are getting this after COVID. Well, I talked to a cardiologist yesterday, and he told me, well, this is actually something that is a, is a known thing. Viruses, novel viruses can give people myocarditis. And it's something that can be treated. But if you have this, this is something that can cause heart attacks too. So what it requires now, it's not like if you get myocarditis, it's over. But now you've added another layer where you've got to go find it. And this includes for asymptomatic people who sometimes get this. You now need echocardiograms, the players do, to make sure after they've had COVID that this isn't a lingering concern because that's where the, the the scare, you know, that's where it gets really scary. And when you think about that, I completely understand why universities are saying, look, we're just going to shut it down now because we're still learning. 
every single, this is so fluid. You're still learning. Now I, I do want to, well, you also do, have liability Lance. I mean, well, that's another liability. one. I mean, and that's I, at the end of the day, I mean, the liability just is too great. Well, and, and Dell, my producer on the radio actually made a good point. He said, the one problem football is going to have is everyone will blame any COVID outbreak on playing the game. When the reality is, when you look at what happened with the St. Louis Cardinals in Miami, they didn't get theirs from inside the bubble. They got it when they went out amongst the general public. And the same thing could happen with college athletes. Dude, it will they're be- going to be in class. They're going to have exactly. girlfriends. They're going to be in dorms. They're going to be in cafeterias. Like, And then they're going to go play and line up four inches and breathe on another team. The game, the practice, the players, the facilities are the safest places for them to be. And you'll hear people use that that sentiment a lot. That's that's accurate and that's true. However, you cannot have the same bubble. You can try. You can put all the players in one dorm. You can want to. You can try. But this isn't the NBA. This isn't even baseball or professional football, which kind of has their own little bubble they're working on. And I do want to say, baseball, it's not like baseball's had a major issue. Baseball's had an, an issue with really the Marlins – a little bit with the Phillies and definitely with the Cardinals. So it hasn't been widespread throughout baseball. Baseball's actually handled their business fairly well, but two pitchers for the Cleveland Indians. They went out and did their shit, Clevenger and uh, Plesak. I mean, these are pros, and luckily their own teammates came out and really ragged on them publicly because unless you get some public shaming going, and this is what's going to have to happen in the SEC and the Big 12. Accountability. And the accountability. ACC, absolutely. There has to be accountability if you're tr- going to try to get this thing done. So well, I just think it's – holding 18-year-old and 19-year-old kids accountable. This is just extraordinarily tough. I'm going to tell you now, though, I do think football is going to be played in some way, shape, or form. Um, and I think those three major conferences are going to try to get it done. The SEC – you're going to have to get them out kicking and screaming. I think the SEC could give a shit less if everyone else shuts it down. They're rolling. They got the highest TV contracts. They got money inside that conference to do the testing and the things like that. And let's face it, they are. I think there is something regionally where the teams in the South and especially the Southeast, the governors and things, they've been for early opening. Sometimes they're not as stringent with the mask policies and things like that. I Great, think that also – yeah, I think that leads to – I mean, look, it's 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 like the TV shows that are going. They're getting ready to go in the next two weeks. Let them go. What I do you hope. mean? Well, there's certain shows that are starting up, you know? Are there so, really? Like, oh, sure, big shows, SWAT and LA, and, and there's some big shows. So I hope, I hope and pray that they go off without a hitch because yeah. what that means is it will give – you know, precedence and it will tell the rest of the industry that with these protocols, we can get it done. So I hope the SEC plays. I hope it goes off without a hitch. I hope for the best, but I'm just saying it let's, let's by no means misunderstand why they're making these decisions and these Uh decisions are being made for money period. End of discussion. They are not being made for anything other than money. A hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Now, that money is going to fund universities too, not just the sports. It's going to fund other things with the university. Um, you know what? In the next pod, I want, I want to cover something you talked about. I want to cover if the UFC can have fights, they test, they do their own bubble stuff. I don't see why actor, I don't see why your industry can't get started again. Maybe we'll talk about that when we come back. I'd like, you know, I'd be curious if you could find out some of the protocols that are going to go on because 
with testing, I don't know why your industry, it may need to be a little bit more of a skeleton crew and maybe some elements of it. And you can explain what might need to happen. But I, I'd be really curious on the next podcast to talk about how your industry could get started again before a vaccine gets started. Because at some point, you guys are going to have to follow well, protocols and take chances. They're doing it now. And and they're, yes, but certain areas of the set are staying in different bubbles. Uh, fight scenes are, are taking place with, uh, you know, amongst stunt people only. Uh, sex scenes are happening with sex dolls and mannequins. Um, no. Oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. expect me to end the podcast now? And and, we're, I'm uh, just going to leave that out yeah. there. I'm going to leave it with that. And, uh, no, they're, they're going about it, but, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it works, man. But I agree. We've got to get it going. Look, I, I want more than anything to get everything going again. We all want it. And what, and everybody wants what's best for them in their industry. And I understand where Trevor Lawrence is coming from. I understand where the, the colleges are coming from. And certainly I want Hollywood to get back going, you know, but at the same time, it's just, it's not an easy, it's not, there's no easy answer. You know? My, like, my wife, like everything right now, there's a lot of nuance involved. Eric, my wife's uncle has been in a hospital for five weeks, four weeks on a ventilator. It's you, you just, for all the people who have, who are asymptomatic and they don't have a rough go of it. My good friend McCool in Belize, Belize had no, they had nothing since March, zero. They had been doing great. And all of a sudden they have 50 cases. They have no idea. And he had a fever for like 10 straight days. I mean, he's had two straight weeks of really rough times. He's in great shape. CrossFits is, you know. It's just sometimes it hits people hard. Sometimes it kills people. And that's what makes this such a diff difficult conversation because you want to just act like it, 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 there's so many different levels to it. And there's so many different levels to the things that we're talking about uh, when it comes to, you know, the economy and the economy of sports and the economy of the entertainment business that you're in and the economy of people listening to this podcast who have been impacted. I've taken pay cuts in both jobs. I'm happy to have them. I don't complain about the pay cuts because I know many people have lost their jobs and it's, it's just, um, you know, it's fluid and things change and we adapt and we, I can tell you this, I'm not wearing a neck gaiter. I'm not doing that because I found some sh scary shit out. I'm not wearing your, you know, stagecoach robbery stuff that you wear. Cause that apparently doesn't, no matter how tight you tie it. But what I am going to do is keep my shoes on at a dinner table. I've learned that. Don't do that. Don't pull that garbage around you mm. and don't, and don't crowd up close to people like your Russell Westbrook driving down the lane without a plan. Don't do that yeah. either. You know, I feel we've like learned this has been a good, this has yeah. been a good PSA podcast. It really has a lot of good information. Yeah. And if you didn't know, this is our PSA podcast. And if you didn't know about dad tax and you know what, we got a new um, Instagram page. that's going to be coming out as well. That's right. Yeah. People are going to have to start commenting on episodes because I'm interested if there's more mom tax. I had no idea that moms were taxing food as well. I, I did not know that your wife is on a mom tax and I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh yeah. She's a taxer. Yeah, dude, please. Uh, anybody that's listening, subscribe to us, follow us on Instagram, the off script podcast, and, uh, we'll be back next week. We've got a killer guest lined up for next week. We got another killer guest for the following week. We we're lined up the next three weeks with some amazing guests. Um, so I hope you like this real talk with just Lance and I, and, um, 
stay safe, stay healthy, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. Okay. Uh, We already told you about Anthem Agency. So we're just going to tell you about a couple other friends of the program. Guys are awesome. Just because they're in doesn't mean we don't love them. Blackland Distillery, straight out of Fort Worth. Blackland Distillery FW. If you're looking for them online, if you're looking for them, Blackland FW on Instagram. They got bourbon. They got rye. They got gin. They got vodka. They will keep you happy, especially during these tough times. Also, our music, Josh Cook, Here Lies Foe. All right, guys. See you next week.